0: Please remain standing as you're able. The scripture reading is from Exodus, the 12th chapter. The setting is the people have been enslaved to the Egyptians. God has sent Moses to tell the Pharaoh to let the people go. And through a series of 10 plagues, uh, God has been demonstrating God's greatness over the gods of the Egyptians. And finally, with the last plague, the Passover, the death of the firstborn, uh, Pharaoh is finally ready to let the people go. And this is the summary from the 12th chapter of Exodus. Now, the length of time the Israelite people lived in Egypt was 430 years. At the end of the 430 years, to the very day, all the Lord's divisions left Egypt because the Lord kept vigil that night to bring them out of Egypt. On this night, all the Israelites are to keep vigil to honor the Lord for the generations to come. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Be seated, please. The other evening, our ninth-grade son was overwhelmed uh, temporarily by the amount of work that he thought he needed to do that evening and was complaining about it because uh, of the extent of the work probably would cut into his telephone time and sports center. So we took the moment to remind him that there were occasions in our own life where my wife and I would have to stay up all night to get work done for school and would pull an all-nighter for an exam or for research for a project or a paper uh, the next day. I'm sure he was surprised by that information because we haven't pulled many all nighters since uh, he's been around. In fact, I started thinking about the number of times since I got out of graduate school that I've actually stayed up all night, and I don't think there have been many. I remember the time when I was skateboarding with the youth at another church and I fell off and hit my head and got knocked unconscious. So when we got home, uh, my wife called my dad, who's a physician, and he said, all right, what you need to do is wake David up every hour during the night to make sure he's okay. So I remember being up all night, waking my wife every hour to tell her I was okay. And then there was a time when our youngest son was born, and the labor went all evening on through the night, and we were up that night. And then most recently, um, when Pastor Dine and I went to uh, Africa, A couple of years ago, we were in Nigeria, and the cabin where I was was at the back of the compound, and the compound had been raided, uh, robbed by bandits three times in the last six months, and it was not far from uh, a main city in Nigeria, Jos, where Islamic extremists had attacked uh, a Christian establishment and uh, beaten uh, people uh, severely. So about 10 o'clock at night, I thought I heard some noise in the bushes behind our cabin. At 11 o'clock, I I was still sure I heard it. 12 o'clock, I was pretty certain. And by about 6 o'clock in the morning, it was time for breakfast. I thought everything was probably okay. Well, tonight, this night, is the night that God pulls the all-nighter. It's called the Passover. And in this night, God stays up. For God has executed against the Egyptians ten plagues. Interestingly, each plague is aimed at a different god of Egypt, so that Egypt will finally know who indeed is god of the universe. First plague, of course, strikes against the Nile River, a venerated god of Egypt. And the last plague is against Pharaoh himself, who claims divinity. For on this night, when the angel of death passes through Egypt... Every house that does not have the blood of the lamb on the doorpost, the firstborn will die. And that even happens in Pharaoh's own house. And so on this night, Pharaoh is up in the night with all the people of Egypt screaming. And he calls for Moses and Aaron and tells them to take their people and leave. And he says, but bless me before you go. It is on this night that God delivers the people from their slavery. God stays up that night, the Passover night. Now, Hebrews came to call this night the night of watching. The night of watching because God stayed up all night and watched them. What was God watching or what was involved in God's watching? Ray Vanderland gives a pretty good uh, short summary when he said basically two things are involved in the night of watching. One is alertness to danger. God was watching over them. God knew that Pharaoh had changed Pharaoh's mind a number of times on this letting the people go issue. So God is watching so that this time things will work out. God is alert to the dangers and the difficulties of the situation. The other thing involved in a night of watching is God is not only alert, God does something about it, and God protects the people that night. When the angel of death hits the Egyptian households, the Hebrew households are protected. God is protected and delivered them in this night of watching. And because of that, they are called on each Passover to celebrate a night of watching and to keep vigil because God looked up all night after them. They're supposed to keep vigil. And so we turn the clock forward about 1,400 years. It's a Passover night. is the night of watching. And Jesus has just celebrated this meal with his disciples. And he comes to his own night of watching in the Garden of Gethsemane, He, like God before him, the Father, is alert to the danger. And in the garden, he says, Father, if you will, let this cup pass from me. It's interesting that in the uh, Passover meal, they would uh, share in four cups. And uh, then they talked of a fifth cup that they would never drink. No one would ever want to drink this cup. It was called Elijah's cup, or the cup of wrath, also known as the cup of damnation. And no one ever wanted to drink that cup. That would be the cup that would be poured on all of the sin, all of the enemies to Israel, they believed. All of that would come on. And yet Jesus knows that is the cup that he is to drink. And he is alert to that danger. And he asks that that cup would pass from it. And he also asks that in this night of watching, his disciples wait with him. And so you remember when they fall asleep, how does Jesus phrase it? He says to them, could you not watch? Couldn't you watch? For 1400 years we've been watching. Couldn't you watch for 1 hour and so alert to the danger. But this time, unlike the original night of watching of the Passover, there will be no protection. He the angel of death will not pass over Jesus on this night. The fourth cup at the cup of the Passover was called the cup of protection. Uh, it, it, it signified that God would lead the people safely out of Egypt. And so to remember the Passover and remember that they all got out safely that night, the last cup they would drink before they would leave the meal was the cup of protection. But if you go back with me into the upper room, do you remember what Jesus said? He said, I will not drink of this cup until we're united again in the kingdom. He passes on the protection. He faces the danger full on, and of course he does it on our behalf. He does not get to pass over death so that ultimately the second death will pass all of us by who are in him. So there we have the night of watching. Now what about our own watchings? What could this mean? Well, I thought about that and I decided it could mean probably a number of things for Jews and for Christians today. One thing the night of watching means perhaps like we should be more like God in our attitude and that we should be ever vigilant toward danger and pain that other people are suffering. We should always be looking to the needs of others and we should always look for ways to protect them in their pain as God did for the uh, Hebrews. We should look for ways to deliver people where there's pain. I believe that's part of the meaning. I also believe the part of the night of watching meaning is just as uh, Craig taught the children, just not to forget, to remember that what God has done for us, that God has delivered us from slavery to sin and death. God has delivered us into the freedom of life that's eternal. And I believe that's appropriate. But I also decided that there's probably one other meaning to the night of watchings that is important to us. And we find this out when we go back to the original phrase, The original phrase in Hebrew goes like this, Lyle Shimmering, Night of Watchings. But Shimmering is an interesting uh, phrase. As we talked about before, Hebrew doesn't have many words, not like the English language. They they don't have any church hills in uh, ancient Israel. So words have to mean a number of things, and sometimes words are actually word pictures. And so the word that gets translated, watchings, is actually a word picture of a hedge or a circle of thorns. And what it was meant to communicate to the, to the Hebrews was that on that night, God protected you from the angel of death and from the Pharaoh and his forces. God circled you with thorns so that whether you could see them or not, whether you could see God or not, the enemy was not getting in. There was a hedge of protection. That you were going to be in the middle of God's garden and nothing was going to come into that to harm you. It was called Shemarim. It was a circle of thorns. Isn't it interesting? When God decided and Jesus concurred that there would be no Passover from death for him and he was arrested and he was tried, that on his way to the cross, one of the things they did to him was they took a circle of thorns. And they put it on his head and they meant it to mock him. They meant it to say, your God is nowhere in the picture. You're king of the Jews. That's king of nothing. We can do anything we want to you. But to any observant Jew watching, they saw the symbol on Jesus' head was, I'm protected. God is in this picture. Even though I cannot see God, even though it doesn't look like to anybody who's standing here, It is true. And the circle of thorns indicated the protection that did not take him away from death, but took him through death to life eternal. On the night of watching, we are reminded that though our troubles seem many, though our sorrow or pain is great, though God may seem absent, in actuality God has hedged around us a protection that is real, that others cannot see. The last thing that Moses says in this verse, Moses uh, being the traditional author of Exodus, I think is very profound. He said, 430 years to the day that the Hebrews went into Egypt, they were set free. And my first thought is, now who's counting? Is Moses just anal in some way? Does he just have to be that exact? historically? Has he got some fixation on dates? What's going on? And I think the answer is this. Moses is trying to say, though the people did not know at the time that God had numbered the days of their pain, that God was bringing an end to their pain, though they didn't know it, God knew it. Though the people did not know that their pain would not go on indefinitely, God knew it. And the time was being counted down. Now you see, the issue for us is we all experience pain. We all experience sorrow. And we don't always see the circle that surrounds us. And we don't always know where we are in our 430 years. Maybe we're in the middle. But maybe, just maybe, like those Hebrews so many years ago, we're at the very end. We don't know. So we don't know when our particular suffering or pain will end, but here's the deal. We know because of God's nature, and we know because of Scripture, that our pain will end, that its days are numbered.